pray. Teach us how to seek you better so that we may find you daily. Find what you're doing around us and join you in that. We love you tonight. Just thank you for loving us. Amen. You be seated right where you are. I'm going to go ahead and ask uh, Jeremy, is it going to be you and Lucy coming? Because I brought us down here just in case, but it's totally here. Is it just him? All right, then. Then we'll go back up here. I want to introduce my friend uh, Jeremy Dragon. If you went on the uh, Jamaica trip, would you raise your hand? So you all sat in the same place. Okay, good for you. Oh, she is coming? She's going to scoot up. Um, one of the things that, would you like to sit here? Would you like to sit there? You go right we'll here. See. Just do what you can. Okay. You sit there. I'll give you that one. Stand. Sure, why not? I'll stand here. It is like counseling, but you know more than I do. So um, just wanted to give these guys an opportunity to share with you uh, what, what they do and, and so that we can kind of also hear from a team that we had a, a, a small part in sending uh, and, 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 and will be sending again as well because this was the first of hopefully many uh, to come in the future. But uh, you guys have an organization that you call Live to Give. And so if you would just, and I think you've got some pictures that'll be running or I don't know how you've coordinated that, but just if you wouldn't mind just telling our church family what Live to Give is uh, and, and where it came from. Yes, um, so I got to talk in this, right? Uh, so live to give is actually a lifestyle. Um, it's learning to live to give each and every day. You know, Jesus Christ gave us so much, so we should give it back every day. Um, and Lucy and I were wanting to go on a mission trip years and years ago, and um, we wanted to go with our family. And we actually took a whole family, which is a great example. Aaron and Wes and the kids came in tonight. That was the vision that we had was we wanted moms and dads with their kids facilitating that, taking them on trips so dad can show son and mom can show daughter and mom can show son and dad can show daughter the way of a family to come together on a mission trip. So, so well, y'all can, sh- I'll do this. I'm pretty loud. <laughs> well, yeah, right. But we're recording you, so oh. we have to do oh. all that. So one of the things that, Lucy, Lucy, I heard you say several times was that this isn't the Jamaica that people often think about when they hear Jamaica. So right. can you describe for us, when, when we take this particular trip to Jamaica, what, what you're doing and, and where you are? Like the trip we just took. Sure, like the trip you just <laughs> took. Um, so Jamaica has obviously the most beautiful beaches. I think they rank three. You can hear me. Can everybody hear me? Um, they rank like three, um, third in the world for the most beautiful beaches. And they have the, you know, big resorts. They have sandals and couples and all that. And we've never been to any of those places. Um, it's actually a third world country. And it's just really sad because it's so close to us. I mean, it takes less than two hours to get there by plane. And it's a, um, it's a free country, but it's only been free for about 50 years, and it's fatherless. There's, I mean, it's it's just a really um, broken nation. The government is also broken, 
and you can talk to anybody there that would agree with that. Um, there's a little bit of difference in opinion for the people that actually get to leave the country, and that's because of money. They're a little bit on a different class, but the average Jamaican cannot even leave their own country. They're not allowed to. Um, schools very limited for the, um, the regular Jamaican um, jobs are obviously not available for them. Is that... So elaborate on one of the words that she just said. I know that we understand what fatherless means, but when you say it in respect to Jamaica, what 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 would we see when we get there? What what, what are we talking about? The impact there? Okay, um, just to give you some kind of statistics, um, a third of the children in Jamaica um, live in a fatherless uh, family. So there's no father figure whatsoever for a third of the Jamaican kids. Ninety percent of a Jamaican family. The, is a single parent, and it's either the biological mother or the biological grandmother that is in that home, and that's it. So it's a fatherless country, and we serve the greatest father, and that's what we want to do. Uh, we want to break that generational curse through the blood of Jesus Christ and make that, genera- that next generation not only love Christ, but be the spiritual leader of that home. So talk a little bit about this trip. What, what, did you, what did you guys do? What did Erin actually do while she was... I'm just kidding. Aaron. She encouraged me. Okay. No, no. <laughs> I broke my foot and Erin encouraged there you me. Go. So. <laughs> no, but what did you guys do while you were there? What, what did this trip look like? Uh, the, I think the slideshow, if we kind of went through that, would explain sure, a lot on ahead. that. Is it, if that's okay. um, so that's our organization. That was taken from a, a prior trip. Um, that when we went down, and that, that's our foundation. The, the next slide. Um, so the team. that's our team, and that's how we start. We, we start with the team. We have meetings before the trip, get together, do a lot of bonding and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. No, the dog thing. <laughs> that's right, Laura. Um, and the next slide, or did you want to say, no, you're good? Okay. Um, so part of that team building is Lucy's famous name games that we always get to play. And then coming over and packing all the suitcases, we try to take down as many supplies as we can. I think we took down 42, 42 or 46 suitcases through customs. And by the grace of God, everyone made it through. And we were, I mean, I even took an air fryer, which was crazy. Um, next slide. And just so you know, some of the stuff that we took for we took up for the Christmas uh, mission stuff last year that we had over uh, that all went to Jamaica on this trip. Yes, as, it as did. well. So with a bunch of clothes, and I don't. Do you want to tell about the shop? Stop right here, and that was one of the things. That yes, we... can I talk about that? So um, we take supplies to Jamaica, and not just the supplies we're going to be using for the build, but we also um, take you know things that they aren't able to get there. And we try to be careful. We don't want that to be a focus of, oh, we come and we drop and we go. So this um, time we actually set up a store. So they um, got a number. They had to wait in line. They went in. It didn't cost them anything, but they had to choose wisely. Um, I One story comes to mind that a man came to me and he said, you know, I have kids. How can I only choose 
um, I want stuff and I want my kids. And I'm like, well, that's a good example that you have to choose who are you going to put first, your needs or your child's needs, or you could split it or, you know, whatever. So that was very successful. And all the stuff that we take is 100% donated. And um, the church, I mean, everybody just gave so much. It was really incredible and it was a need. And they don't get things. They don't go to the store like we do. The suitcases themselves is like a... Um, it's their, like, a dresser. Like, that's what they have. And um, actually, I think there's a picture up here that we, I mean, we walk or we go around Jamaica, and we see things that we've brought in the years past, many years past. Mm. So they keep it forever. You know, it's not like us. <laughs> keep working. So yeah. yeah. This is just traveling. Okay. So the, the first one was us traveling, and then when we finally got into Montego Bay, I think it took three hours to get through customs and then another two hours to rent the vans. Uh, things are not fast in Jamaica, and the team learns two valuable words in Jamaica, and that is soon come. Um, that means you wait a very, very long time in Jamaican. Um, but this is Isaiah. This is our son, and this was his first mission trip. It was his first plane ride. It was his first... Uh, everything, and he was also the first one to witness um, out of the group when we went to lunch. This is Mr. Kirk, or he called himself Captain Kirk, and Isaiah wanted to give him a bracelet, the blue bracelet, which is a WWJD bracelet, around his wrist to let him know that he was always going to be praying for him, and he wanted uh, him to remember. So a huge special moment for, you know, a proud papa that I was. So um, next slide. Uh, this is Miss Christie. Uh, Miss Christie is um, blind, and we've been seeing Miss Christie almost from the beginning since we've come. Her husband was Moss Headley. He used to be a pastor up there. Um, we had the opportunity to help finish her house, and we go to see her every time because she prays for our team. And you want to talk about a prayer warrior, this, this woman will give you chills uh, mm -hmm. when she prays for you, so... Just really filled with the spirit. Which is appropriate for today, tonight. Yes, yes appropriate <laughs> for tonight. Uh, next slide. And uh, that's the outside of her house and Lucy looking in, talking to her when we first come up. Mm -hmm. uh, so this was Simone's house. This is one of the builds um, with uh, First Baptist in the Atlantic, them coming together with us. We were able to build two houses. Uh, and yeah. to give you an idea... That was two houses in four days. And to give you another idea. Yeah, that was good. It, it gets a little crazier. There was only one guy in the whole group was a contractor. Everyone else with no <laughs> construction experience whatsoever. Yeah. So if you don't think prayer or I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me is not true, this is proof right here. So even I could go and build. Even you can go. Even broken foot Lucy can go. <laughs> She broke her foot on the second day and was still pinnacle through each day and, and made it out. So she was a trooper. I have to give her credit for that. Uh, and this is Wesley's house. Um, the first picture there, that's actually Wesley. And that was his old house. Um, and then you can see the new house that he has from a proper house. Um, Wesley was promised a house way before covid uh, then when COVID hit, it shut down Jamaica. That's and slow. so he's been waiting since that long to finally get a house. Mm. I don't think it made it into the photo. 
Um, but the day that house was done, the first night he spent the night in his new house, that old house, there was a storm came and it blew the whole house down. So God's timing is amazing. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. So, and yes, we let kids use circular saws. So kids. <laughs> so even hat. I could use no. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Keep going. <laughs> he, I, I got numerous friends in the crowd. They're going no. Yeah. Just to let you know, he's had a lot of experience building skateboard ramps that came out. So. Uh, so we all know the crazy guy on top. Just to kind of give you an idea that all that is all the lumber and stuff which we had to get and then it all had to be screwed back down so it would still be there the next day which gave a perfect platform for Elmer to bring the word every morning to us. I have yeah. something to say about Elmer because we've been praying. Where is he? He's over there. I don't even see him. So we have been praying for a preacher to come with us. Now, there's, everybody can share the gospel that comes. Everybody's a Christian. We can, you know, lead somebody to the Lord. We can talk to people. We can sing with them. But we needed a preacher. And we got him. We got one. Let me tell you, he changed that place. Mm. The people were like, where'd you get this guy? I mean, and he wasn't holding back. And there was no, like, we were on such the same page prior to going we, you know, kind of have an idea of what we're going to be teaching. You know, we make a plan and then God fixes it, you know. And it was incredible. Almost every day, Elmer's like, oh, this is what's on my heart. I'm like, oh, this is what, and it would always blend right together perfectly. So thank you, Elmer. So one of the other things that we do while we're doing builds, um, because if you think you have no building skills whatsoever, that's still fine because there's still many things you can do on a mission trip. Uh, one of the things, Lucy coordinates the VBS that we get with all the kids, and we have a daily class with the kids uh, going over just how much Jesus loves them. And in the one picture, they were drawing the number one sign. Was that? Yeah, God is number one. God is number one and got to paint it and stuff like that. Uh, that middle picture, oh, I'm sorry. The middle picture there, that's quite a unique story. Um, so the lumber was supposed to come on Sunday. Soon come, yaman. Um, it was supposed to be there in the morning. Soon come in the morning is how they would say that. Uh, we waited all day. I think it finally showed up at 6 o'clock at night when it finally showed up. Um, so we come to an agreement that God didn't want us to build a day. So we got up on the slab of where we were going to build. Sometimes we're thick-headed, and he just has to tell us that, you know. Uh, we got up on that slab, and we said, all right, God, we're just going to pray, and we're going to worship you, um, which led into prayers for people, prayers for healing, which even led into all bringing all the children up on the slab, and we circled around them uh, and just prayed that God would use these kids right up here to change that community for Jesus Christ, that that would be the generation that breaks that generational curse. And, uh, and then there was even visions cast on, on one child up there from Jim Mays in there. Uh, and it's crazy that he picked that girl because she's very, very articulate and very smart. And Jim really didn't know that not being up there. So uh, another thing we do, and when the funds are provided, is we usually cook a dinner for the whole community so we feed close to about 200 people mm -hmm. that night. 
and normally we show a movie from Campus Crusade, uh, a, Jesus film. a Jesus film of some type. They have it in Patois, and they love it. Um, this time, unfortunately, just because of the situation, we couldn't show the movie. The rain. The it's rain just season. yeah, it's just rainy season. So every night it rained, and we couldn't do that. However, though, we were able to provide meals, and there's no better way than sharing Jesus Christ with a full belly. So it makes it nice. Well, and we also um, we we do lunch for them every day. Yes. So every day, the people get lunch. We get lunch. It's really Sometimes. fun. It's exciting. Yeah. And we we do have fun. Is that Wes? That is Wes. Wes and all his kids and then Isaiah Isaiah. on the top. So that's all those years of squatting at Trinity. (laughs) (laughs) Squat, power clean, everything's right in there. The other place is actually where we're up to. It's called Firewater. Um, There's actually gases that come up through the water and they light it on fire and... So this was the day we couldn't build, so we had the opportunity to take the team down there and kind of show them and stuff like yeah. that. So, so we do have fun as well. It's not all work. Um, another thing we do is medical missions. This time we were actually allowed, not allowed, but we had on our team a registered nurse and then my daughter Shiloh, who's an EMT. Um, and this is Daniel. Daniel was one of the first houses that were built uh, up in that area where we built, and now today makes, I think we built six houses now, total in that area. This, uh, this trip was five and six for houses being built. Um, it's kind of amazing, and again, God's perfect timing, because Daniel was very, very sick, and if it wasn't for Kimber and Al just deciding to go on this trip and just then just deciding to go up, more than likely, Daniel would have not been here right now if it wasn't for them being there That's and right. providing the medication. So God's hand was definitely on them. So this is possibly the next build. The gentleman there, his name is Ote. Ote showed up every day. He wasn't asking for money, anything like that. He was just wanting to help. Uh, we got to witness Jesus Christ to him as well. Um, from this trip, I would say at least 10 people gave their life to Jesus Christ. Uh, one being a, a gentleman by the name of Omar. Omar has been there every time, and he's a great guy, but most time he comes up, and I smell him, and I'm like, you got to go today. You can't be with us because it's 8 o'clock in the morning. He's already drunk. Um, he actually raised his hand from one of the pasta teachings back there, uh, gave his life to Christ, and he showed up every day sober helping us to build uh, and we've gotten word back that he still has not drank anything. Yeah. So praise be to God for that. Not to mention he's a pinnacle person in a community where he knows everyone. Yeah. So what an awesome witness for that community. God's changing it. Um, and that's a future house. That is uh, Rebecca. That house was burnt completely down. This is where they're living now. Uh, is And there's three of them. There's a special needs son, um, Ote, and her mom, his mom, Rachel. And that's where they're staying now. And the crazy thing is, is from me, st- that's me standing on the slab where it's just the ashes and rubble because the house completely burnt to the ground. Um, and that's their view. So, so why do we do what we do? Why do I go down to Jamaica for 16 years, taking my vacations and everything? 
And that's the reason right there, is to bring the gospel to the next generation, to make a change, and to share the love of Jesus Christ with them. So, Wes, I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> I'm take one of these. Out <laughs> um, I, just, I just want you to share what it was like to take your family. I mean, you can even just say, it was good, and I'll take the mic back. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. I mean, what, a, what an awesome opportunity. It really was. And, and what Lucy and, and Jeremy have, have here, it's really special to go on a trip into a community where there's already existing relationships, and you're just building on that and building on that. So it, it, was, it was fantastic. And it's, taking the family was wonderful. It was the first time to get our family together out of the country, what a great way to do it. And I know my wife and I both really enjoyed seeing our kids work in their strengths. And they all got to work in different areas and different ways and just step into these roles. And it was, it was really awesome to see and awesome to be a part of. <laughs> this is only two. We have two others. Um, and one of our sons, Ezra, uh, was able to uh, lead a new friend there to Christ, and, and it was just awesome. I think we cried, and we. Uh... I think we all cried. I, we tried to get the video, and we couldn't get it on the PowerPoint. But there is some really good videos of him, of Ezra and the little boy, and they do this little handshake, and they're like, "What does that mean?" And he's like, "That means we're friends." I mean, this is. Jamaica, they've never met, but you get to know them, and they have a relationship. Ezra will never forget that, right? No, and, and speaking of bringing the family, I, I think every, or most of the men in the community, Omar and Panther and Boom and Kevin, they, like, <laughs> every time you say, you say that, oh, like, this is my family, they're just amazed. They're like, you brought, you brought your family here? Why would you do that? <laughs> you know, but, but they're impressed by that, and... It's, it's, it's really cool. Yes, the tangible things, bringing the houses, bringing the clothes is amazing and it's necessary, but we're, we leave these intangible things there as well. And, and uh, you know, some comments about the family. Um, the comments I received about the, uh, the teamwork of our team, like they're, they're watching, they see all of this. Um, and uh, Kevin, who I spoke to after the trip, called me and was just... He wanted me to know we brought so much joy to the community and joy to him, and we made him feel like family, and he hadn't felt that in a long time. So we're leaving more than wooden screws. <laughs> um, one of the reasons I asked them to, to share uh, tonight, and, and Jennifer, I'm, if, if, would you mind going to the piano real quick, um, is we, not everybody got on the plane, but our church went on this trip. Uh, we went through some of our folks. Uh, we went financially. Um, but more than that, we were, we were praying for this team and this trip while you were gone. Uh, and I think some of the things you experienced, you experienced because God's people were surrounding you in prayer. What I want to ask is, if you're comfortable, I want to ask uh, just for some of us to come up here and, and just lay hands on, not just uh, Jeremy and Lucy, but on Live to Give. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to accompany them on other trips. I don't know when the next one might be, but we'll let you know the minute that that gets calendared. But um, while Jennifer begins to play, I just want, and Elmer, I'm going to ask you to voice a prayer. So if you're comfortable and wouldn't mind just coming up here and laying hands on these two and we're praying for their ministry
We're praying that the Lord would uh, bless it, that the Lord would continue to, to use it, that the Lord would build even more houses. Uh, and so um, you just pray over them as you feel led. You just pray over them as you feel led. And then in just a minute, uh, Elmer's going to voice a prayer for us as we go. You might come over here and pray over Aaron and Wes and their family, or you can pray over Jeremy and Lucy, but lift up, live to give. Pray that the Lord would send the finances that they need to do each and every build. He'll use our church. He'll use other churches. Uh, he'll use individuals, but pray that they receive the finances that they need. Pray that even now God would be laying on different people's hearts to go with Live to Give to, to this area of Jamaica. Pray for families to go. Ask the Lord uh, to put on fathers' hearts to take wives and children on this trip. Pray for open hearts and open minds in Jamaica that when we take the gospel there, they be ready to receive it. And maybe even pray for a Holy Spirit-filled revival among the people there. Elmer, would you pray for us? Father God, we thank you that you love the whole world. And sometimes our vision gets a little small, but here's a church that cares about the world and going and reaching and touching and not just building houses, but showing what a family can be. Inviting people to join the kingdom and seeing your spirit move. Thank you for a church that prayed. And we were just objects in the hands of God, supported by praying people. Thank you for all that happened. You get all the glory. We steal none of it. We keep none of it. But we look with great expectation for what the next trip's going to be. I can hardly wait to see what our God does next. Woo! May we take that same vision to our own streets and neighborhoods. Because there's people there that don't know you either. A thousand miles doesn't make a missionary. The Spirit of God makes missionaries. Touch us and use us all, we pray, submissively to the hand of God. Amen. Would you thank God for Lucy and Jeremy Dragon? And as you are heading back to your seats, Karen, I'm going to ask some of our ladies to find your way over to Sue Harvey. Uh, I asked Sue's permission to, to do this, but uh, Sue has an upcoming surgery uh, on her eye, on her eyes. Uh, that uh, we are asking the Lord for complete healing. Uh, we are asking, also asking the Lord to comfort her spirit. Uh, this is a this is a, a, a serious surgery. Uh, and uh, Sue, Dave is one of our elders here, and, and Sue and Dave have been here. Uh, I don't know how long, but at least as long as I've been here, longer. And so, faithful, faithful, faithful members of our of our church family. And so uh, with this upcoming surgery, can we pray for the doctors and the nurses? Can we pray for Dave and, and their daughter Courtney as they surround her and take care of her? 
But Sue, we're going to pray that the Lord comforts your heart and gives you peace that passes all kinds of understanding. That he gives the doctors and nurses wisdom and the ability to do. We're also going to ask the Lord for complete healing. And we're going to give him glory, whatever he decides. But we're going to ask him knowing he can provide complete healing in this circumstance. So would you join me this evening in praying specifically for Sue Harvey and her upcoming eye surgery? And Karen, give us 30 seconds to voice it on our own and then voice it on our behalf, please. friend Sue. So many of us here in this room have been blessed by her sweet touch, by her loving smile, for her genuine care. Father, we are asking for complete healing of her eye. Lord, even now, work. Father, thank you for the doctors and the nurses and the technicians and everybody who will be involved. Lord, give them wisdom beyond their education. Father, give them wisdom beyond what they see. Lord, may they see you at work in an astonishing way. Father, thank you for this group of people who are surrounding her. Father, we thank you for relationships in Jesus that change everything. Father, thank you for Dave, faithful husband. Father, thank you for Courtney, loving daughter who love and care and serve and look after, pray for, minister to. Father, thank you. Thank you for an example of what family looks like. We just looked at family a minute ago, and Father, here's another example of what family does. Father, we love you with all of our hearts, and we ask again, believing in the name of Jesus, that you can bring healing. We ask this because we believe And we ask this because of Jesus, the great physician. Father, we love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, You want to get into some teams that are around you, and I'm going to give you a question and give you some time to talk about it, and I'm going to kind of move kind of swiftly through my portion so that Stephen can lead us through some, some time, a time of prayer this evening. But uh, just right where you are with some people that are around you, I'm going to ask you this question. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? When you were a child, taller does not count. When you were a child, because it doesn't work for all of us. Um, when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? I'm going to give you about 90 seconds to talk uh, with some people around you. On your mark. Get set. What did you want to be when you grew up? Go. No worries. I can get it now. Okay. 
So, when I was a child, um, I one of the one of the things I first, like when I was a young child, I wanted to be a professional basketball player. I was off on so many levels. Um, I played one year of basketball. I played when I was a sophomore in high school, and my coach looked at me and said, uh, Jonathan, I'm going to let you on the team this year because you're probably never, ever going to make it again. I mean, he wasn't wrong. I mean, I couldn't shoot, and I couldn't dribble, and there was a matter of fact, there was one game where we were winning by so much, and the, my, all my friends who were cheerleaders started yelling, give us a hammer, give us a wrench, let's get Jonathan off that bench. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I kind of appreciated that. I was like, that was good stuff. Let's not miss the fact that all my friends were cheerleaders. Let's look at there. Um, as we, as we grow uh, and we evolve and, we, and we're maturing and we, we, we're learning what our gifts and we're learning what our skills are, um, that, all that kind of changes. And by, co- by college, as, as I kind of got into a rhythm of speaking at colleges and speaking to college students, and then I would always kind of have a time afterwards where I'd say, okay, what are your questions? And the number one question that I would get when I would talk to collegiate students is, I just want to know God's will for my life. I just, I just want to know what God's will for my life is. In Matthew chapter 6, it's our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as we progress in the Lord's prayers, we progress in this idea of Lord teach us to pray. And we look at this idea of, of his will, of his will. And, but also this idea of what, what is his will for, for my life. Um, I want to take us back to a, a quote from Dr. Rogers last week. And I realized I said something last week that I want to apologize for. I, I mistakenly said that Dr. Rogers had a face made for radio. And I realized that that just sounded awful. And I was like, that is not what I meant to say at all. His voice was just so inspiring. He had a voice made for radio. And I thought, I just said that Adrian Rogers had a face made for radio. Oh my gosh, I'm going to hell. That is, that is all that I thought about since last Wednesday. But he said, prayer is the Holy Spirit finding a desire in the heart of the Father and putting that desire in our hearts to return it in the form of a request to him. The prayer is when the Holy Spirit finds a desire in the heart of the Father and putting that desire in our hearts to return it in the form of a request to him. In, order, in other words, we discover what the will of the Father is and then we, that, does, that, that desire becomes our desire and then we return that in a form of a request to him. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you. You are my rock. You are my redeemer. Father, may I decrease so that you might increase. And may we conclude our time this evening more like you than when we started. Because we've been in your presence, we've heard your voice, and we've been changed by your word. Lord, teach us to pray. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. We talked last week um, about uh, that the model prayer begins not with our interests, but with God's interests. Uh, It begins with his name. It begins with his kingdom. It begins with his will. And Dr. Rogers also said this. He said, God wants for you what you would want for yourself if you had enough sense to want it. 
I'm going to leave that up for a minute. Let's take a picture of that. Because that's going to resonate with you a little bit later. But let me say it again. God wants for you what you would want. Let me say it for me. God wants for me what I would want for myself if I had enough sense to want it. In other words, he, the God of the universe, the creator of the world, the creator of me, he knows so much better and so much greater what I need and what I really want than I could ever ask or imagine. And if you've heard that verse before. God's will is what's best. God's will is what's best for us. God's will is not something that we have to do. God's will is something that we get to do. God's will is something that we get to be a part of. God's will doesn't limit us. God's will actually frees us. And, and, and then we have to figure out, okay, so what is, what is obviously God's will? Uh, if, if someone in your group would turn to John chapter 6, and, and, and so somebody else in the group turned to Second Peter chapter 3. If we could put that, that list, there you go. If, if somebody in your group could turn to one of these passages, one of these passages, then I'm going to give uh, a chance for everybody to read. But I'm going to ask somebody in your group to read John chapter 6, verses 38 through 40. I'm going to ask somebody else in your group to read Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. We're going to pause there, and then we're going to look at the other two. So take about 60 seconds and read those, and then just in your little squad right there, what do you think it is saying that God's will is, okay? On your, take those first two, John 6 and 2 Peter 3, that's all you're reading, and then, and then just answer the question, what do you think it's saying God's will is? On your mark, it's set, go. Thirty more seconds on the first two verses. Okay, just looking at the first two verses, the first two John six and Second Peter three. What is what is obviously God's will? That, that people get saved. To bring us all the way home. It's obviously God's will that we have a relation, a saving relationship with him through Jesus Christ. So as believers, we can know that a part of God's will, a part of God's obvious will is that we're out there sharing with folks how to have a relationship with Jesus Christ so that they can spend eternity in a relationship with the Father. Those things are obviously God's will. Now, take a, take a couple of minutes and look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. Somebody else read 1 Thessalonians verses, uh, chapter 4, verse 3. And you really don't need to make it very far in the 1 Thessalonians thing because the answer is in the first couple of words. Uh, so just read those two passages, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, and then we'll come back to you in just a second. On your mark, set, go.
30 more seconds. So if you were looking at these two passages, what, what is the, what do you think God's, what is it saying that God's will is? Spiritual growth. Who said spiritual growth? Good answer. I'm going to go with that one. It's becoming like Christ, the sanctified. You didn't even have to get into all the, all the, all the sexual stuff they said not to do. It said, be, be sanctified. Become more like Christ. Christ-likeness, salvation, and then Christ-likeness, these are obviously the will of God. That we're, Go back to the Colossians passage where it says, uh, We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And then it says, So that you may walk worthy, you may walk, uh, that's in, 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 their, in their culture, in their writing, that would have been a live you may walk worthy, you may live a life worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. Here's a good one, bearing fruit in every good work. Ephesians t- chapter 2 tells us that we've been saved uh, by grace through faith for the good works that he had prepared ahead of us uh, for us to do. Uh, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. All of that is to say that we are becoming more and more Christ-like. These are two things that are obviously the will. What is, what is God's will for my life? God's will for my life is that I get saved. God's will for my life is that I become more like Christ. All right, that's great. That's awesome. I'm going to strive to do that. But when it comes to decisions in my life that I'm going to face, when it comes to job decisions, when it comes to who am I going to marry, when it comes to uh, how am I going to parent, when it comes to where are we going to go to church, when it comes to uh, what are we going to do with this, and what is God's will for my life in these things, uh, does, that re- does that apply? No, but another passage does. And if you would turn to the Gospel of John chapter 15. The Gospel of John, chapter 15. And I don't have time, Stephen, come on up. I don't have time to go into the depths of of all this passage, but let's read it together. You can read it out loud if you want to, or you can just read along with me while I'm reading. Jesus said this, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he removes and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. So we're talking about fruit again. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And then Jesus says this in verse four, remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can, it, can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. That is, go back, Jim, that is phrased very, very specifically. And I've said this before, but I'm just going to say it again. The, the author writes that very particularly. You can do nothing without me. He doesn't say you can't do anything. He says you can do nothing. You have the ability to do something, but without him, it's going to be worth nothing. 
You have the ability to, to live this side of life. You have the ability to do stuff on this side of life, but its eternal value is going to be nothing without him. That's what the author is saying. If anyone does not remain in me, verse six, if anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. Ooh, there's that word again. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. So when we get to the question of what's God's will, what is God's will for my, and you fill in the blank. Here, here is the answer. I can't, I can't give you a blanket answer. I can tell you that God's will is that everybody come into a saving relationship with him. That is the desire. That is the passion of his heart. I can tell you that God's passionate desire is for us not to just wait on that relationship when we are on the other side of life, but to fully enjoy that relationship on this side of life as we grow in our wisdom and our understanding of who he is and, and his heart beats and we, do the, we produce the fruit and we do the work that he's called us to do. But when it comes to these, these intimate decisions. Should I go on this mission trip? Should I go on this mission trip? Should I go to this church? Should I go to this job? Should I accept this? Should I do this? Should I hire this person? Should, what is God's will for my blank? How do I discover that? Well, if I want to know God's will for that area of my life, I need to be in a relationship with God so that I can tell you what he's thinking and I can tell you what he's put on my heart. Here's the illustration I gave earlier today and I gave it, I think I gave it twice today because it was on my heart for tonight. Julie and I have been married for 21 years. If you sat Julie and I, and, and I down and you asked us 10 questions about each other, I would probably get eight out of the 10 right. Julie would get 10 for 10. Julie knows me. She knows my preferences. She knows my likes. She knows my dislikes. Did we know that before we were dating? Did we know that in year one? Probably some of them, but with time, with the time that we've spent with one another, Jeremy and Lucy, you can probably more often than not speak for the other person. You probably know what the preferences are. You probably know what that person would pick. When you spend time with one another. You know the heartbeat of the other person. You know what that person would feel, was thinking, desires, wants to do, where they want to go. So what, what is that saying? The word remain is actually the Greek, the Greek word that John uses is the word abide. That we abide. And what that means is that we put, it's not just that we are in someone's presence, is that we, we are just there. We're not thinking about being somewhere else. We aren't, we aren't mentally somewhere else. We aren't physically somewhere else. We are there. We are all in. We are abiding. We are letting that presence just soak over us. And in that presence, we're getting to know, we're building that relationship. Our Father, we are in an intimate relationship who art in heaven. We know that our Father is, 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 is so transcendent above us, but yet he's intimately in a relationship. Holy is is your name. He is set apart. He is different. He is unlike anything else. Your kingdom come. We are placing ourselves under your authority. Your will be done. I have such a relationship with the Father because of his word, because of his Holy Spirit, because I'm part of a church family, because I'm, I'm growing in my relationship. I'm being discipled by somebody else. I am in such a relationship with him that when it comes to having questions like, what is the Father's will for blank, I can go right to him. 
and I know what his heart is, and I know what he said about this, this, or this, and I can begin to apply it to my life. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Stephen, help us learn how to pray.